And I think that there is almost a panic setting in with the media. They all want to move on because the alternative is to recognize one of the most significant corruption scandals in modern history. But it's something that the media played a role in suppressing. So they want everyone to move on, but that's just not going to happen. Law professor Jonathan Turley, uh, I shared some of this with you yesterday, Margaret Brennan on CBS Face the Nation, lecturing Chris Christie. Why doesn't your party just move on? Moveon.org, after all. We voted for him. We don't want to talk about these scandals. We don't call them scandals. We don't even report on them. You're a Democrat party. Jonathan Turley uh, likes the truth, and he doesn't care where it leads. He just likes the truth. Because the truth matters. The truth is important. Extraordinary, extraordinary stuff. I uh, uh, And the, the court hearing, I guess it's called, in Delaware is ongoing as we speak. Hunter Biden in the courthouse last time we looked up. And, and uh, there's been all kinds of chicanery there and foul play, <clears throat> misrepresentations by the Hunter Biden side to the court and so on. And uh, by the way, the news media is just not covering these stories. They, they're not up for covering the stories about the Biden scandals. And our friends at the uh, Media Research Center, Newsbusters, they, they uh, looked into the lack of coverage, and it's, uh, it's quite extraordinary. The, uh, the Democrats in the media don't cover the Democrat scandals. They just pretend that the scandals aren't happening. Because it's real easy. That way, you know, nobody will find out about it and you don't have to talk about it. And it's, uh, they're corrupt. They're very corrupt people. The news media, the most corrupt institution in the United States of America. The Newsbusters story, Nets, meaning the networks, Nets ignore four new Biden scandals on Burisma, Hunter's life of corruption. Well, is that going to be a problem? Can't imagine that's going to be a problem. And Curtis Houck at uh, Newsbusters wrote the story. Between Monday and Tuesday, four new Biden family scandals emerged, ranging from Hunter Biden's artwork to business dealings inside Delaware to conflicts of interests in his tax probe to a former ally finally agreeing to spill the beans to a House committee about the Biden family's ties to Burisma. If, of course, none of these scandals made it on the flagship morning and evening newscasts of ABC, CBS, and NBC, well, then how would anyone find out about them? But they didn't make them onto their morning or evening newscasts. Instead, the networks had other priorities, such as lying about Florida's Department of Education and screeching about Israel's judicial reforms, signaling the end of its democracy. The left is completely insane. And in the case of ABC Good Morning America, they shelled out 12 minutes and 41 seconds to their first two stops on a tour of Major League Baseball parks, including a look at some of their unique snacks. Snacks, but they don't uh, cover the Hunter Biden uh, confidant, his former best friend, uh, Devin Archer, who also got a, about a million dollars a year from Burisma. No big deal. Finally committing to do a, a closed-door 
deposition with the House Oversight Committee instead of in open session, which is outrageous. And I've told you that the Washington Post, uh, I, I believe they haven't even mentioned the IRS, IRS whistleblowers. The day after the IRS whistleblowers testified in open session on television, uh, when it was carried by Fox News and Newsmax, but was not carried by CNN or MSDNC, and then the next day, maybe that's why they didn't find out about it at the Washington Post, because they have MSDNC on in their, in their crooked, corrupt newsroom every day, where they're all cheating on uh, their spouses and, and their taxes and their expense reports. You know, the Washington Post. So uh, just amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, Fox News, Newsmax leading with the, uh, with the stories about the new developments in the Biden, he's only the president of the United States, the Biden family scandals. Um, but uh, there's an amazing blackout there, a blackout of news because Democrats, know what I mean? I mentioned this uh, in passing, but the Gallup polling organization has a uh, new poll out today. Most young people are no longer proud to be Americans, comma, poll fines. And uh, Gallup, the old George Gallup organization, American patriotism has faced a steep decline among young adults over the past decade and now sits at a record low. Now, uh, why is that, Michael? Democrats is the correct answer because they're not on our side. They're anti-American. And uh, Barack Obama, un-American, anti-American. His mentor, Frank Marshall Davis, was a card-carrying member, literally, of the Communist Party in the United States of America. And then he picked John Penitentiary Face Brennan to be a CIA director. John Brennan had voted for Gus Hall, the Communist Party candidate for the presidency of the United States. They are not on our side. The Gallup polling organization reports... Pride in national identity is lowest among those 18 to 34 years old. Illustrates the fracture between young Americans and older generations at a time of deep partisanship in the United States. In the most recent Gallup poll, Americans 55 and older were nearly three times more likely to be extremely proud of their nationality than younger generations. Sure. Overall, the total poll number, 39% of U.S. adults say that we are, quote, extremely proud, end quote, to be Americans in the most recent poll. Meanwhile, only 18% of those 18 to 34 said the same thing, compared with 40% of those 35 to 54 and 50% of those 55 and older. So if you're 55 and older, there's a 50-50 chance. If you're age 18 to 34, only 18% say they're extremely proud because the Democrat Party has waged war for years now against our culture, against our civilization, against our history, against our founding, against our Constitution. And they've done it through the uh, so-called educational system and on college campuses and so on. So uh, pretty amazing, record low number. Now, here's the thing. The percentage of those extremely proud to be Americans stands at 60% for Republicans, regardless of age, 33% for independents, cut nearly in half, and 29% for Democrats. So the number for the Democrats, 29%, extremely proud to be American, that is less than half the number for Republicans at 60% proud to be 
Americans, extremely proud to be Americans. And that's because of the Democrat Party propagandizing, indoctrinating, brainwashing younger people, college campuses, grammar school curricula. You might be a girl even though you're a boy. Right? You're non-binary, whatever the hell that means. There it is. Yes, sir. Mm-mm-mm. But younger adults across all three political designations, significantly less proud than older adults in each of the designations. So that's the Gallup polling organization. And that's the work that the Democrat Party has done to destroy Western civilization by going after the United States of America, knowing we're the big dog, everything can take out our economy, see the global warming efforts to destroy our economy. Uh, they want us to not have hot water or heat in the wintertime in your grandmother's house. Um, and they're not on our side. They're not on the side of capitalism or the free market. They're not on the side of free speech, free practice of religion, not on the side of the Second Amendment, uh, quite obviously. They're not on our side. They're the Democrats. All right, now back to the mailbag. Let me get back to the mailbag. So we have several more questions. I... Uh, I answered Diane and Alfonso uh, and uh, let me get to, uh, let's see, let's go to Carlos. Let's go to Carlos calling from North Carolina. Carlos says, how do you come up with all these brilliant nicknames like the Pigeon Sisters and Uncle Fester? Your ability to brand our dishonest media is only rivaled by Trump. Well, that's pretty good. I'll take that. That's uh I'll give uh, President Trump the trophy for that. <laughs> That's for sure. Uncle Fester is, of course, Brian Seltzerwater at uh, CNN. Although, is he no longer there? They fired him, right? Yeah. They fired uh, Uncle Fester. Um, and Uncle Fester, of course, from the Adams family. You know, in the, uh, in the old days, he looks like the old Uncle Fester from the TV show. because And, you know, he's a complete goof Uncle Fester, the, the original Uncle Fester. And I just look at Brian Seltzerwater, and I see Uncle Fester... And, and so I saw him, and, and I listened to him, and to me, he sounds like Uncle Fester, too. So I came up with Now, the Pigeon Sisters, that is a little more obscure, I've got to say. That's from The Odd Couple, the, uh, and even the original movie, The Odd Couple, you know, uh, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, and the two English sisters that lived in their building, they were the Pigeon Sisters, and they were giddy, goofy, giggling, uh, pixelated women, and... Um, and when I see Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, they reminded me of the Pigeon Sisters because they're pixelated, dim-witted, um, you know, uh, uh, easy to manipulate, <laughs> the Pigeon Sisters. And I, uh, I don't know, Carlos, I find it very simple. I find it very easy to, uh, <laughs> I look at people and I see, I see caricatures of the people. And sometimes they're cartoon characters. You know, Adam Schiff is the inchworm because he reminds me of an inchworm. And his uh, wife calls him the inchworm, as it turns out, too. And, uh, and of course, the turtle, because Mitch McConnell reminds me of an old cartoon turtle, turtle from, like, World War II-era cartoons. Uh, and this, uh, this old turtle, I'll, I'll be right, I'll be, I'll be right up. <laughs> right, so he reminds me of this old cartoon turtle who would come into his apartment and take off his turtle shell and hang it on the hook on the back uh, side of the door, right, when he closed the door. And, I'll, I'll, yep. and so I just look at Mitch McConnell, and he reminds me of the turtle without his shell, so he becomes the turtle. The inchworm, he looks like an... And here's uh, one of the things, uh, Carlos, is that 
I look at like Adam Schiff, and I think if I were to do a cartoon caricature of Adam Schiff, what would the caricature be? And because of the shape of his head and his neck and, the, and his physique, he reminds me of an inchworm. And he behaves like a worm, more of a grub worm than an inchworm, because inchworms are kind of cute and likable. If you have an inchworm crawling on your arm, you just let it go and look at it while it inches his way up because they're kind of cute, right? If you have some other kind of worm on your arm, you know, you, 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 you scream and pluck it off, right? Uh, they're like leeches or something, but inchworms are kind of cute. So it's not too vicious, but he just looks like an inchworm. And if you were to do a caricature like they do in some restaurants, like at the Palm, you know, do a caricature of a person, I would do him as an inchworm because he looks like an inchworm. Mitch McConnell is a turtle, be turtle because uh, he looks like a turtle without a shell and, uh, and on and on. So we got all that going for us, you know. But that's right. And it just, it just occurs to me when I look at him. James from Herndon, Virginia. Love your show. Three hours are not enough. Have you ever thought about doing a fourth hour in the form of a podcast like Dan Bongino does? The people want more plant. That's from James and Herndon. We have talked about that, I've got to say. We have talked about that, about doing an additional hour in the form of a podcast. I do um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do quick video clips after the radio show that we post on our various social media platforms. Uh, Kevin Tober does. And, um, and we have not gotten, and now I'm doing a television show uh, also at night, we have not gotten to the point where I'm doing a separate one-hour podcast, uh, but certainly it's something that is um, discussed and in the hopper, you know, in the hopper. Stephanie calling from Chicago, the great WLS, or writing from Chicago, the great WLS. I once read, to be successful in radio, you need to prep three hours for every one hour of radio show. Is that true? Yes, it is. How many hours do you prep for your award-winning program? Stephanie from Chicago wants to know. I do, it is, you know, it is no kidding. This is not a joke. I, uh, as my Joe Biden impersonation. Um, yes, it, it has always been about a three-to-one ratio. It has always been. And I'm very efficient at collecting information. And Michael Piercy is also collecting. And I have friends that uh, collect. I'm, you know, my kitchen cabinet of producers that contribute um, some every day, and I'm very appreciative there. But it is, um, yeah, I mean, if I do six hours in the daytime and then I do another uh, two and a half hours in the morning, I get up before 6 a.m. and I'm at it uh, for three hours collecting before I come in to start at 9 a.m. But I definitely have uh, six hours in the bag before I go to bed at night. Um, so, yes, that is, that's correct. Yeah, three hours hours a day and sometimes sometimes more and and the thing is it's a cumulative thing too over the course of years because I've been collecting for years and years and I, I draw on things that I collected years ago every day I draw on things that I collected years ago hey breaking news President Biden's plan to introduce the digital dollar is already in progress and it's vital to understand the potential consequences. Contrary to their phony baloney claims, this initiative is not going to be in your best interest or mine. Time is of the essence. So take action. Take action now. It's absolutely necessary to protect yourself and your financial future. 
You can help protect your savings from the risk of the digital dollar by diversifying now with gold and silver IRAs. Call the experts and learn everything you need to learn from American Alternative Assets. Call them today at 888-4-GOLD-20. American Alternative Assets, 888-446-5360. Get all the guidance you need on safeguarding your retirement savings. Say no to Biden's digital dollar. Call 888-4-GOLD-20. That's 888-446-5360. Call them now. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. Seek your own legal, tax, investment, and financial advice before opening an account. Yeah, and uh, thank you very much for the mailbag questions. Uh, mailbag questions today from the mailbag form at the Chris Plant newsletter, which you should get every day to share with your friends. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Bom, 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 bom. I guess we have time for a very quick call before we get to RFK and more Biden family corruption. Let's go to Hoke calling from Round Hill, Virginia. Hoke, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great, Hoke. What do you say? I'm afraid I have very little time, but fire away. That's okay. So before, first off, you left off John Lurch Carey in your caricatures. But yeah, bolt neck. The reason... Yeah. The reason so many young kids in America aren't proud of America is because the only exposure to anywhere other than America is being drunk in the Bahamas or Tijuana. <laughs> That's pretty much true, isn't it? You know, it's uh, it's true. You're a traveled person yourself, Hoke? Forty uh, something countries. There you go. You know, it's important, uh, I think, uh, for context. Um, and uh, it, it is. To, it's important to get out there in the world. Uh, from, you know, Vietnam to northern Russia to Tierra del Fuego, uh, seven continents and about 65 or 70 countries from there. And uh, every time I come home, I love America more. Ah, yes. Yeah, Joe Biden saying he cured cancer yesterday was a lot of fun. He's... Uh, He's not uh, altogether there. We know that. You know that. I know that. All right, let's go to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., lifelong Democrat, Kennedy family. Talked about a lot of stuff uh, while on with Sean Hannity at a town hall meeting on the Fox News Channel last night. And the Democrats are uh, trying to, uh, you know, uh, politically assassinate him. They're trying to destroy him uh, because he's not singing from their sheet music. And they don't care what your name is or who you are. They will destroy you and your world. They are the left. They're not liberals. 
Now, Sean Hannity asked uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., if Joe Biden is up to the task of being president, you know, yesterday he said he cured cancer. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you know that this is a dangerous place. Is he cognitively strong enough to be your president? Well, he's never been very good with words. (laughs) (laughs) That's polite. You get an A-plus for that answer. That's, that's, he's never been very good with words, you know, uh, and, uh, and, or with thoughts or thinking or ideas or plans. Um, but uh, he's good at groping staffers, I guess. I'm Kevin, um, raised a lunatic son. He used to shower with his daughter who became a sex addict and a drug addict and left her diary in an act of passive-aggressive hostility toward her father. He's never been good with words. That's uh, pretty polite. And the, and the uh, audience also enjoying themselves. Very polite. A very polite audience. Uh, not lefties, you know. And, um, and then this, this one was uh, uh, kind, of, kind of interesting, um, you know, because it's what politics is all about today, isn't it? Do you really think he's up to the job? No, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not reluctant to say that for partisan reasons, Sean. Okay. I, what I've tried to do during this campaign is avoid personal attacks on people. The Fox News audience. I, I will say, personal I will attacks. Say whether he's up to it or not, whether he's making his own decisions, the decisions that are coming out of the White House are bad decisions. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, fair enough and calm. And he's a, a Democrat and a Kennedy, and um, he sounds almost like uh, the reasonable uh, days of yesteryear, not so long ago, really, just before. Well, the Democrats went crazy. George W. Bush, they went crazy during Reagan too, but then they really went crazy. George W. Bush, and uh, and then Barack Obama came along, and and if you didn't love that, you racist, white supremacist anti-democratic lynch mob murderer, uh, and then they looted your neighborhood, you know. RFK Jr., um, summing up his party or the opposite of his party or something like that, expressing his concerns about what the Democrat Party has become. The Democratic Party does not censor people, in my experience. Um, they we're do not now. the party of war. We're not the party of the neocons dictating foreign policy. We're the party of the middle class, and we're the party of working people. And that's not where the party is anymore. I, will, I would tell you. They, they, that's where they used to be, perhaps. Uh, where they're not the party of war, unless you count Jefferson Davis as the president of the Confederate States of America during the Civil War, and, and the progressive liberal Democrat Woodrow Wilson presiding over our entry into World War One, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, progressive Democrat, presiding over our entry into World War II, and Harry Truman, uh, Democrat, less progressive, our entry into the Korean War, and then, of course, your uncle John F. Kennedy with advisors in South Vietnam, and then LBJ getting us into, into Vietnam up to our eyeballs. Um, other than that, yeah, I guess the Democrats aren't the party of war if you don't count the Civil War, World War I, World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War. Uh, but, you know, the Republicans did have Grenada, and then, uh, and then, of course, we were attacked on September 11, 2001 because of decisions made by the Clinton administration that prevented the CIA from talking to the FBI. Otherwise, they would have been on to the 19 hijackers, and it never would have happened. But a woman named Jamie Gorelick at the Justice Department during Bill Clinton 
stovepiped communications between uh, foreign intelligence gathering and domestic intelligence. And they're, oh boy, if we had cross-checked this, we would have stopped 9-11. Then there would be no war in the Middle East. Uh, but never mind that. So um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And uh, this is uh, a little bit humorous, too. What are his qualifications to be president of the United States? A New Yorker editor who interviewed me a couple of weeks ago said to me, what qualifies you to be president? You've never been in Congress. You've never been a governor. You've never been in the Senate. And for me, that's probably the best qualification. (laughs) That's a pretty good answer. That's a pretty good answer in the age of Donald Trump, who was also selected and elected president, in part, at least, because he was not a politician which is uh, pretty good, and then on career politicians. I think most people who are in public office are there because they want to be good citizens, they want to be good public servants. But the system nowadays tends to co-opt you. And, you know, to run for senator in this state, Sean, it costs $100 million. And that means that you have to spend most of your time jetting between Southampton and Palm Beach and Los Angeles and hang out with billionaires who are going to give you money. My job over the past 40 years has been suing government agencies for corruption. And That's a good answer for the audience. Now, as for Southampton and Palm Beach, I believe that the Kennedy family has had homes in Palm Beach for generations now. Multi-million dollar oceanfront homes where all kinds of things have taken place. And, you know, as for the Hamptons, well, really they're more... Uh, uh, you know, I guess uh, Cape Cod and uh, and Massachusetts, but you know the uh, family's grown up with uh, plenty of you know. Their his grandfather made about three hundred million dollars when that was like three billion dollars, and the family's just been chipping away at it ever since. They nobody really since then since their grandfather has uh, has made um, lots of money, and he was a bootlegger too, by the way. You know, behind every great fortune, there's a great crime, the left likes to say. Behind, this is a radical left anti-capitalist thing. Behind every fortune, there's a crime. Behind every great fortune, there's a great crime. And I guess that wouldn't apply to the Kennedy family. All right, let's get to uh, RFK talking about the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the Warren Commission, and, and the CIA assassinating his uncle, John F. Kennedy, then President of the United States, uh, November 22nd, 1963, Dealey Plaza, Dallas, Texas. I had uh, drinks about a year ago. I was out with uh, my best girl. We ran into a friend, and our friend was with a friend of hers, and his last name was Dealey, Dealey. And we had cocktails on a rooftop in uh, Georgetown. And it turns out his uh, Dealey Plaza was named for his grandfather. It's a crazy town, this Washington, where uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. So here's RFK on the assassination of his uncle, President John F. Kennedy. The Warren Commission, obviously, which was run by Alan Dulles, who was the head of the CIA, who my uncle fired, found that it was a lone shooter, which was Leah Harvey Oswald. But when Congress, a congressional committee, reinvestigated between 1977 and 1979, the House-elect Assassinations Committee, they concluded, and, and they saw a lot more documentation and had a lot more witnesses than the Warren Commission ever saw, they concluded that my uncle was killed by a conspiracy. A conspiracy? Was it a conspiracy theory? 
or was it a real conspiracy? They concluded that it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone with his man liquor rifle from the uh, school book depository, but, uh, but a conspiracy. And Robert F. Kennedy is not done yet. And there is something very fishy about the CIA holding on to thousands of documents all these years later. And, uh, but he's not done with uh, the Warren Commission and the CIA and the gang. Most of the people, for example, Richard Schweitzer, who was the first the head of the committee, publicly said, uh, JFK, John, the president of the United States, was, the CIA was involved in the murder of the president of the United States. And that's a quotation. Most of the people on that committee at that time believed it was the CIA. Most of the people on the committee at the time believed it was the CIA, not the Warren Commission, but the House Committee that he described between 1977 and 1979, the assassination, of course, November of 1963. And then he raised a question that I've raised here many times before and ought to be raised. The Congress passed a law years ago uh, requiring that the CIA make public thousands of documents having to do with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. They were required to make those documents public by uh, eight years ago, I think, and they still have not made those documents public. The law requires, there is a law that requires that all the records of John Kennedy's assassination be released to the public 10 years ago. So they're still holding 5,000 documents. President Biden promised when he was elected that he was gonna release those documents. President Trump promised that he would. But the CIA doesn't want them to. And so the question that I think Americans have a right to ask, including members of you know, my father and uncle's family, is why not? What is it that you don't want to see 60 years later? And by the way, the last... Perfectly legitimate question. 60 years later is right. It's 2023. It was 1963. That's 60 years this November... And the CIA is still holding on to thousands of documents having to do with the assassination when the CIA itself has been implicated by a congressional committee investigating years after the fact. Uh, release the damn documents. It has to have the approval of the President of the United States. Joe Biden could, with a stroke of the pen, see to it that they're released tomorrow. Uh, it was also true of President Trump. I'm not sure if he was even dialed into that, but... But nevertheless, and notwithstanding. Now, let's see. Um, let's go because, let's go to number 10. Jason Chaffetz, former Republican member of the House of Representatives, talking about Hunter Biden's lawyers. And I described it to you a bit earlier that uh, someone representing the Hunter Biden team called the judge's office in Delaware yesterday, misrepresented themselves, and asked them to do away with documents that were provided to the court by Republicans on Capitol Hill. And uh, former Republican Congressman J Jason Chaffetz uh, talked about that this morning. Why would uh, Hunter Biden's attorneys lie to the court? That's a pretty serious charge, um, demanding questions that needed to be turned in tonight. There doesn't seem to be any reasonable um, excuse as to why to do this and to get under you know, put a burr under the judge's saddle uh, right before they're going to make some rulings is, is critical. Republican congressman from Texas, uh, Congressman Wesley Hunt, was on the Fox News channel this morning talking about 
uh, what he's seeing. You know, this has actually been one of the most uh, corrupt administrations that we have seen in modern history. We can literally track $10 million being funneled through the Biden family from Burisma, and we have the evidence of this. I cannot imagine any president using his power or former president or vice president or any politician for that matter, using their power to funnel money to their family through their siblings. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous, completely and utterly ridiculous. And uh, Newsweek magazine, did Joe Biden say he ended cancer? Read the full transcript. And Caitlin Lewis, uh, a uh, one of the girls from the DNC steno pool working for Newsweek magazine, typed up a little story. Joe Biden uh, was uh, speaking in public again, and that's always a problem, when he said that uh, he has ended cancer as we know it. If you could do anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. Lie. That's why. And we can. Lie. We ended cancer as we know it. We ended cancer as we know it. We ended cancer as we know it. We did. Biden skewered for claiming he, quote, effectively ended cancer as we know it. Isn't that amazing? That's uh, that's headline. Did Joe Biden say he ended cancer? Read the full transcript, uh, Newsweek magazine. And then someone started a, a website, hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. I love hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. They don't have a lot on there, but they just stood up the website yesterday. And Newsweek magazine jumps in to say, oh, no, 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 he didn't say. We have a short, short version of that. Uh, we ended cancer, as we know. And he said, nobody thought we could do that. That's a lie. Uh, we're working on it. We've been working on it. Uh, we're making great headway in curing cancer. And, and uh, uh, he, what he said is not true. And then at Newsweek magazine, they uh, quote him and they say, one of the things I've always asked, you know, why, why Americans have sort of lost faith for a while in being, uh, being able to do big things, he said. And uh, we can do anything at all. He said, uh, cancer, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's not true. Everybody doing cancer research thinks we can. And why? And we can. Uh, and then they say, they, they misquote him and say, we can, end, we can end cancer as we know it. That's what they're saying. And that's not what Joe Biden said. You just heard him. We ended cancer as we know it. We ended cancer as we know it. But Newsweek cleans it up for him, and they rephrase it for him, and they say, oh, no, it's just run-together words. And what he really said was, and then Newsweek magazine says, Newsmax host Chris Plant posted a clip of Biden's speech, which was posted by the Twitter account of RNC Research. Plant tweeted in response, quote, brain-dead Joe Biden said, quote, we ended cancer as we know it, end quote. Did I miss something? I don't remember this breakthrough. Right? That's uh, the tweet they're quoting, our tweet. Uh, And uh, thanks to Kevin Tober. Um, And Newsweek also quotes Media Research Center making fun of Fact check. Joe Biden has not cured cancer. But Newsweek is attacking us for pointing it out and then deliberately misquoting Joe Biden to make him look good. But what he said was... We end the cancer as we know it. Pay no attention to what the media is telling you. God save the queen, man. Now, the uh, White House transcript apparently corrected Joe Biden's flub, too. And White House transcript says we can end cancer as we know it. 
rather than quoting him correctly because he was supposed to say something else in the teleprompter, but he didn't, and that's okay. Now, I uh, need to tell you that the Hunter Biden plea deal has fallen apart in the courtroom, and the judge raised a series of questions about why they are settling this now with a plea agreement and a slap on the wrist when the investigation into Hunter Biden uh, is ongoing. So they kind of, they're hoist on their own petard here. No petard. And, uh, and they, they got this plea deal for the gun charges and for the tax charges, which were reduced to the most minor tax and gun charges they could find. And, uh, and they went into court today, and there's been a lot of, a lot of um, foul play in the last 24 hours from the Hunter Biden team uh, going to the court and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, let me go to CNN, which uh, had their reporter run out of the courtroom to the cameras, Cara Scanelli. One of the prosecutors said that the investigation was very much ongoing and that she asked him, well, what is not covered in this plea agreement if you are leaving the possibility for there being other future charges? So then the judge said, would this include a possible FARA charge that's not registering as a foreign agent? The prosecutor said, no, the deal would not include that. It was at that point that she had said to the prosecution, um, you know, if you were not good, if you can charge that, then what does this mean? And the prosecutors, she asked Hunter Biden's attorneys about that, and he said, well, then there's no deal. Then there's no deal because they have the Foreign Agents Registry or Registration Act, and they have additional uh, bribery charges, and the investigation is ongoing, and we've had a lot of new... Uh, evidence emerge uh, over the last week from the IRS whistleblowers, from the release of the so-called 1023 document, thanks to Senator Grassley. Uh, And the judge said, well, listen, why are we striking a plea deal in a piecemeal sort of fashion like this when there are a lot of charges still outstanding and the investigation is still ongoing? And so it looks like the whole plea agreement has been scuttled which would be great, you know, if you're interested in justice. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.